This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. If you've got problems with your knees, then today's episode is going to be super helpful. I've got Carl Reader, a functional movement coach, and my best South African friend with me today to walk us through three important stages of knee improvement. He's going to give us the exact exercises that we need to improve our knees. G'day, Carl. Hey, Clint. Uh, Thanks for having me back again. Yes, you've been tremendous to our members inside our coaching platform, where you provide this service on an ongoing basis to our members who have problems with not just their knees, but other uh, body parts. It's just that you happen to be a specialist now with knees, having worked with so many rheumatoid arthritis patients for the last couple of years. So let's go through this. Um, Let's get straight into it. What's a good first starting exercise that we can do with bad knees? And even maybe a step back earlier than that, should we do lots of reps or should we keep it just low reps and stationary or isometric? So talk us through that first. Yeah, brilliant. You know, you mentioned I've spent a lot of time on knees and, and, and obviously in anything where you, you spend time, you, you learn new things all the time. And uh, for those who've been working out doing exercises, uh, we, we focus so much on glutes and hamstrings. Even my teaching is glutes and hamstrings and quads. But I've really just been spending a lot of time on, a, on, a, on, the, on the inner groin, uh, ad- they're called adductor muscles. And if you go into an anatomy textbook, you'll see that they're actually almost as big as the, the bigger than the quads. They're, they're a large mass of their four big, big, large group muscles that we often stretch, but don't really give much attention to strengthening. And they are, they are the major stabilizers of the knee. And it's something that I, the last six months have been really just digging into and getting great results. So these exercises are going to start actually to target those muscles. And we're going to use uh, isometrics to get started with these. So for those who are not familiar with that, we have three types of different muscle contractions. We have concentric, where we are shortening muscles. We have eccentric, where muscles are working uh, as they're lengthening. It's it's basically the best way to think of it as a breaking. So when you, you're doing um, fast activities, running, you need to have a breaking force, that's eccentric. And then isometric just simply means not changing the length of the muscle. So it's working statically. But what we see, and as we grow in our science, we, we see that when we do a lot of functional movements, isometrics are play, plays a major role in most things we do to bring stability to the back, the knee, the elbow. So that's just a, just a brief introduction to what we're doing. Yep. Yeah, great. And to put this into some context that's familiar to everyone, uh, if you go and do a yoga class and you find that you're holding a posture for 10, 15 seconds and the and the teacher counts down, we'll hold this for five, four, three, two, one. You're doing isometric exercises there. Correct. You can walk out of a vinyasa class and your heart is beating. You've had a really solid workout, especially if it's heated, and you have just done a great workout, com- almost completely isometric, except getting in and out of postures. And so it is a tremendous approach for rheumatoid arthritis, where often with 
heavily compromised joints, they don't like, you know, being put through as many uh, repetitions because they don't have the supporting muscle mass or there's inflammation. And you just said it beautifully. So the whole idea of isometric is the word supporting and, and stabilizing. And so often we want to get straight into strengthening and we, we, we forget about those supporting muscles. So mm. the first exercise I want to just take that, uh, introduce the listeners to is, it's, it's, it's kind of doing, it's called a sumo squat uh, in ballet. They call it like the plie. I'm not going to teach ballet on the show, but, uh, but it's where we stand wider, wider stance. So wider than, than, than normal shoulder width uh, stance. And what's important for the listeners here is you need to, when you're doing isometrics, you've got to be comfortable. So you've got to find that stance where it could be even like quarter of an inch one centimeter wider, shorter, where you feel comfortable to stand in. Because if I said you stand exactly in this position, that might not feel comfortable, but by simply moving like a tiny, tiny fraction can take, take, take away pain. The whole idea is to strengthen these muscles in a pain-free or relatively comfortable position because you're going to be holding it for 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds. So we want to make sure. So we want to stand in a nice, comfortable position, but I would say as wide as you, well, not as wide as you possibly can, but in a, wider than shoulder width to start with, and then you will pull that, that width open. And then you want to have your feet slightly turned out. And again, you can stand with the feet like straight turned out, but if they're not comfortable, even more turned out, you've got to find that position on the knees where you're comfortable. And then you're going to simply sit down almost vertically. There will be a slight forward leaning from the, from the, from the um, pelvis. So it's not like a regular squat where you're leaning way forward, but this is just sitting down about six to 10 inches, and then you're going to hold that position. And what you'll notice is the inner groin, inner thigh muscles will be in, have a lot of tension through them, and that's the isometric work. And you'll notice that the, the top of the muscles and knees will be working a lot. Yeah, I love it. And uh, there, what, what I, what I really like about this particular posture is it's something that you can do with very little warm up. It's something that I often do when I get out of bed and like the very first exercise I do in the day, because you can get into it fairly easily. It doesn't require, uh, you know, much skill or experience with exercise, get the legs exactly. wide apart, get down into it as far as you can go. And because it's a big muscle that's being engaged mostly, uh, you're not going into any area of danger or of, of tweaking a, a tendon or anything. It's very safe and something you can do first thing in the morning even. Absolutely. And it's, it's why it's the number one, it, it is the easiest exercise to get into. And, and, and you can adjust it, which is nice. So a lot of the clients, many of your guests or uh, your members, they, they often tweak it and they say, right, I'm in the right position. And I'm like, let's go. And so it's, it's, it can be modified easily as well. Yep. And the important thing it. is you want to try to get to three to four reps of like start at five seconds, then you build it up to like 10 seconds and, and just being constantly aware of your other joints. So be aware of your back, be aware of your hip. It's a fantastic hip opening exercise. This, uh, the, the, the ability that it frees up the hip flexors and, and everything has, it has so many benefits. It's this simple exercise. So, and then from there we, we can transition. So we can transition into what I call the assisted squats. So this is now doing the normal squat technique where you can either have this um, um, hip width apart or slightly wider shoulder width apart with your squats. But what we've got here is we are raising the heels off the ground with either a, a folded up mat 
Uh, sometimes you, if you're comfortable, you can use a slant board. If you've seen those on Amazon or there, you can buy those. And again, you can vary the, the angle of the, of the, of the, or the degree of the slant. But by raising the heels, it takes tension out the back, what we call the posterior muscles. So you're able to, um, you're able to basically squat down much lower and more effortlessly than if you didn't have this, 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 this the heels raised. And therefore, it allows you to get into a comfortable squat position and hold it again isometrically without really struggling with this tension in the, in the other, other muscles. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first started squatting, and I've never been a, like a really frequent squatter at the gym, it's not something I really ever enjoyed or became, you know, really competent at. But I noticed that a lot of people were, were elevating their heels when squatting at the gym 20 years ago. You don't see it as much now at the gym, but you still see the odd person raising their heels at the gym. And I was always told whenever I would inquire that it's better for the knees. And so putting aside gym and loading and barbells and stuff, I would say based on what I've learned from you and my own research is, I don't know if it's better for the knees, but it allows more freedom almost for the knees because of potential sort of limitations on the underside of the leg. 100%. I mean, I like, even for me, like, and, and so a lot of people are concerned about the shortening of the Achilles tendon. Uh, we're talking about doing two to three reps here. We're not saying stay there the whole day. You're not all like, raise, have a heel raise in your shoe. It's, to, it's, an, it's, a, it's a tool to help you get into the knees. You're able to bend much further. And obviously, if you've got arthritis and it's stiff, it also allows you to, to, to safely increase the range of motion in the knee without like having to be stuck and, and, and fighting all these other muscles that are tight. So I, I find it very effective. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the third and final recommendation today. And this is actually my personal favorite. So let's talk about the Bulgarian split squat. Yeah, brilliant. So let me bring it up. I'll bring it up on the screen here. Yeah, brilliant. So all these exercises are designed to, you know, progress you to this. And this is a great picture here, Clint, of you doing this here. And uh, as an exercise uh, functional movement coach, your technique or form is spot on. So uh, I'm glad that the listener, the listeners can see that. It's it's a great. But here you can see. You know, Clint is maintaining just for the, the viewers. They're watching this on YouTube, wherever you, his right knee is not actually on the ground. It's about a millimeter or a quarter inch off the ground. Um, and you've got a wonderful hip hip opening stretch on the right side, hip flexor stretch, which is great. And then you've got the isometric work on the left leg working nicely there. And, and what I what I want to really draw attention to the to the listeners here is this is not just a quad exercise. This is a hamstrings, buttocks, quad, and what we refer to the inner thigh muscles, groin exercise. So, and even a calf exercise, the back of the knees working there. So it's a fantastic exercise, isometrically as well. Yes, and it looks dangerous in terms of its, um, from a balancing point of view, but when you're in it, you get a surprising amount of stability from the back foot against the uh, bolster at the back. And so you're not only trying to balance with the front leg, but there, as I said, to repeat myself, uh, you get a surprising amount of, of, of feeling of security and safety on that back leg. And what I do is if I do sometimes start to feel a little bit unstable, 
if you put your arms out like wings, you then get that yes. feeling of, of stability because you can find that subtlety in your balance using your arms outstretched. So I've never had an accident in this posture, and I have done this hundreds of times. Um, so from that point of view, don't be concerned with giving it a go. Uh, Carl, let's talk about the depth. Uh, now, obviously, I'm in this at, I want to say, probably a moderate level. Let, let's talk what would be a beginner level. Yeah, so you'd, you'd want to be, you, you may even start off without even, you know, having the having the leg on up on the on the thing. You might just start off with a leg behind you, uh, trailing, so you support it with it on your tippy toes. In other words, you basically still have the hip flexor stretch, but you're not as 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 a, as bent as you are there. Because some some people's knees, as you know, the rheumatoid can be really stiff. They can't actually bend it like that, so they're going to struggle to. But this is again is more advanced as well. But that would be a thing then. You'd want to get that 90 degree angle on the front leg uh, is a good position not to be too far forward to start off with. And then as you get as you get stronger, you can slowly move that forward and deeper. So it's the thing about this Bulgarian split stance is so many progressions and they can all be done safely, which is which I like about it. I'm going to share now the, uh, the progression. Uh, that's regular. This is the progression. And you can see that now we've got Oh, interesting that we just uh, spoke about raising the heel. To get that forward knee into a deeper and more acute angle, you actually have to raise the heel off the ground. And so when I watch my wife who did dance for the first 20 years of her life, when she, again, she has outstanding flexibility and movement through our entire body, she'll easily get into complete squats in like right down to sort of bum on heels and then back up again when she just wants to go down to talk to the children and come back up again. It's like, it's effortless for her. And I've watched her closely over the years. Her heels always come up off the ground as she goes into the deep squat about halfway down the heels start to rise. And if you watch uh, footballers who squat down, um, you know, in between uh, breaks on their during their uh, soccer games, um, the heels always come up into these deep squats, and so it's sort of the body's natural, natural, uh, natural movement. And so Correct. I deliberately raise my heel as I try and get that knee forward. Now I'm hoping to get it as far forward as possible, based on the guidelines of sort of the knees over toes kind of. Um, information online. So this is this is what it looks like as we go deeper, isn't it? So Clint, uh, you make a great observation. There. In fact, what you can do and is is you could actually put a little towel or a little like folded mat under the heel that you don't have to hold it up so it takes strain off, and then it will actually give you more. You'll be able to then focus more on the knee because at the moment you're trying to work a lot through the ankle there to keep the balance. So yeah. as a as a as a maybe a back progression, you could uh, you you you're not back progression. You know, just a step before you go into this, you could actually put a little tile under them. You know, yep. it's interesting with this knee neo toe. If we draw a line, if we draw a line parallel to your your lower limb, your tibia fibula, and your basically your lower limb, and then you bring that parallel line to the toes, you're still not past the toes. You see, so this, this it, it, on the, on the camera, someone looking at this right now will be saying. Well, the knee's way, way past the toes. Well, yeah. if you look at the angle, can you see that? Yeah. Can, can you see that? Yeah. If you draw it not parallel, go the go go from the heel to the knee. 
if you draw your Nike, your Nike sign is on your shoe and you go up to the, you know, if you drew a line from the knee to the Nike sign and you drew a parallel line, your knee is still behind the toe in a sense, even though you look forward. And yeah, can you see that? <laughs> I don't actually, but that's okay. Look, I can tell no, you, no, so this. If you if you if you were to take the if you take the, the angle from the knee where the, where you see your muscle there that you're pointing on there on the, on the screen, and you come straight down to the Nike sign, straight to the, to the Nike, Nike. Sign. Yeah, 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 and you do, were to make a parallel line. You would oh, see yeah. from the toe up on the same parallel. You're actually still, yeah, from there, yeah, exactly. So you're still technically, in, if you look at the angle, you're not way past the toe. No, and and for those people who are like, their minds are blowing and saying, hang on, this looks dangerous, this looks bad. This is a knee that hasn't got rheumatoid arthritis in it. Let's first of all establish that as number one. Yeah, that's um, And uh, number two, this is a knee that... Um, I have been working on for a very long time. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, the knees over toes information online, uh, which is Ben Patrick. You can follow him online. He's another great coach uh, for knees, uh, very, very well known. Correct. He, he shares a lot of the science around this, and so this is following science. This isn't just uh, some crazy guy um, <laughs> doing his own thing here. All right? So, um, yeah, and my knee feels tremendous uh, doing this. I'm trying to get it deeper and deeper and deeper, but I've done this very steadily for the last 12 months, and I've done this posture most days. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward. I, I hope that with time, it'll continue to progress and I'll get my heel onto my bum in this position, or I might have to get the back leg off onto the yeah. ground. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that's the goal. So. All right, Carl. Well, Brilliant. we've got our three. We've got our three there. Let's. Why don't we recap what we've learned today? Well, the thing is, it's it's pro progression. Is you know the all these exercises you can be you can progress, and it's important that you we as we we get back to before we go into those those more advanced that you build those stabilizers that you build those initial baseline strength that you get that isometric uh, isometric strength and 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 one of the things that is very helpful to as a to help not illustrate but just an example is. If you think about a battery, it has to hold a charge. If you think about something that like a, it has to hold a load. And so when you when you're balancing on one leg, like going knees over toes or going into those Bulgarian split stance, you need the muscles to hold that charge for five, ten, fifteen, twenty seconds. And when it drops that charge, in other words, when you're weak, that's where the injuries come and the tweaks come. So you're essentially seeing the muscles, which I believe they are, these little muscle battery packs. They the, the, the body actually is electric uh, in a sense. It's electric. It has electric fields and it, it holds charges. And so for those of you, when you are holding these, these, these um, positions and you start feeling these burns, uh, it's also important that you take the muscle to, the, to that point where it starts to feel fatigued and burning, but never sprain or strain in the actual joint. So you have to differentiate between my muscles are burning or my knees actually killing me. So that's that body awareness is very important, but but be encouraged to 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 go to that point of almost fatigue burn. Any comments, Clint? Yeah, no, I love it. I'm glad you said that because we don't get much return on our time and effort investment if we don't get to a point where we're like, oh, okay, I really want to come out of that now. If we're always a little bit a little bit back from that, we might not see much change. And whilst we're not looking for pain. We are looking to kind of get to that point where that muscle is getting pretty darn tired. I want to come out of this now. 
So that's the point we want to get to. I like for a guideline for RA people, and I follow this myself, is to work out the areas that need attention every day in a way that we have enough in the tank to repeat it again the next day. So we're not trying to we're not trying to absolute exhaust the tank. Um, we're trying to find that balance between giving it a giving everything a good workout, but being able to show up again the next day without thinking, oh no, not this again. Yeah, I know that's that's brilliant. And these these postures that we we've just discussed, these three different exercises, also build core strength. You'll notice when you hold that Bulgarian squat, it, it requires a lot of core strength. So it's it's just a, and that's like my passion, it's the, the whole functional movement. It, you've got the whole body working. So this is so beneficial on so many levels. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic, mate. Now, you uh, help people in two, uh, in two sort of capacities. One, inside rheumatoid support. If you're interested watching this and you think, I'd really like to connect with Carl, you get Carl for free as part of a membership uh, inside one of our platforms, okay? So um, it's called Rheumatoid Support. You can reach out to us if you'd like to find out more about that, and I can connect you into that via our help desk. Carl, you also do one-on-ones. Talk about your website. Yeah, so it's www.callreadercoaching.com, and that's call with a C. Or you can email me at callwellness at gmail.com. And it's especially for the members. You know, we work with a lot of members and just this whole guiding them through this whole process. Sometimes it's it's it helps to have someone watch you, make sure you, your form is correct and um just to motivate them. And but it, yeah, especially when you start getting into those more advanced postures to really just have someone to have an eye for movement and 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 uh, be there to make sure that everything's firing before you progress. And if you do have pain, you, you the, the clients often say, I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that, then you modify and change it. So it works really well. And, and even just if you're having one session um, or you need, you want personal training sessions twice, three times a week, it, it even just those, it depends on what you need. So there's various options available. Yes, and Carl, your pricing also with your one-on-ones is extremely reasonable. So don't hesitate, everyone, um, if you're interested in getting some help to learn how to do these exercises or just to learn how to begin movement again after it's been a very long time, reach out to Carl. He's fantastic. Okay, thanks, Carl. This has been super uh, punchy, helpful, and uh, really appreciate your time once again. Pleasure, Ken. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.